It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I noticed Wendy Haney's YouTube videos and decided to reach out to her. She was sharing about quilting basics. Beginner quilters and experienced quilters are going to love these videos. Not only does Wendy have good reminders, she has some good tips that I hadn't thought of. I had a great time hearing her story. Wendy, thanks so much for being on The Quilter's Life. Paula, thank you so much for inviting me. I was so thrilled when you reached out. I thought that was so exciting. Oh, this is exciting for me, too. Let's jump right in. Tell me about where you were born and raised. Well, I grew up in Tracy, Minnesota. It's a small town of about 2,500 people in southwest Minnesota. I was born here, have a younger sister and a younger brother, and one older brother. My grandparents on both sides of the family lived very close as well, just blocks away. Yeah, it was a great place to grow up. How cool. That is such a blessing. Yeah, it really is, because I know not everybody is as lucky as that. No. Do you have a special childhood memory? I was really close to my mom's mother, my grandmother, and she was always doing handwork, which is probably why I was close with her. And Friday nights, oftentimes, I got to go over and stay overnight with her. You know, it was that special time with just me and her. And Saturdays, we would get to do whatever. And she taught me so many things. And that, that was my special time. She's a pretty special woman in my life. Nice. How about your employment? I am working for a consulting company, a software consulting company out of St. Louis, Missouri. But um, most of the time, I well, now we're in the middle of COVID, so everybody's working from home. <laughs> <laughs> but even before then, most of the time when I was lucky, I would be doing eh, the majority of my work from home when I didn't have to go out to a client to be actually on site with them. And so I work with computers and software and all that sort of stuff. I've been doing that with this company for more than 20 years. Cool. So that takes up a good part of your day. So you get to quilt in the evenings and weekends or are you flexible? Yeah, it's somewhat flexible, but for the most part, yeah, I work. I get started a decent time in the morning and go till 4.30 or 5.00. If it's a good day and other times if the project I'm working on is crazy, it can be longer hours. So I squeeze in my quilting where I can. My next question is where you live now. And it sounds like you've lived in the same area your whole life. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. When I left Tracy, when I went to college, there was no way in hell that I was going to ever end up back where I grew up. I mean, there was just... There was no way. Why would I be there? But <laughs> <laughs> going to school in Fargo, North Dakota, and then I ended up in Rochester, Minnesota, and then we ended up in Denver, 
Then we ended up in Minneapolis. And, oh, about 2002, I started trying to convince my husband that we should move down to a lot we purchased on Lake Chatech, which is just south of Tracy. It took me about a year to convince him that moving out of the big city would be a good thing. When I finally did, we moved down to Lake Chatech and we built a house. And once again, I'm back where I grew up and I have my folks at a house now six doors to the north of us and my older brother and his wife about a fifth of a mile south of us. And I would have never in the world guessed I would have been back here. (laughs) But we're loving it. It's a great place to be. I'm really blessed to be with family. I'm blessed to be here for my parents. Yeah, it's a pretty doggone good place to be. Now, did you get Charlie there or did he travel along with you? Charlie is our rescue dog that we only recently rescued. So when we moved here in 2003, we had Barney, an English Cocker Spaniel, and we lost him shortly after we moved. And then we got another dog. And then we had another dog about January. He was like, it's time for another dog. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm really not sure. And finally, I realized if he's ready for another dog and that's important to him, then it's time. And so we went, well, I should say he, (laughs) (laughs) he started researching rescue dogs and he found Charlie at a rescue organization in the Des Moines, Iowa area. And, you know, it was one of those things. And they said, well, come down and, and meet him and see if it's a good fit. And of course, we were scheduled to meet him basically the weekend they locked down Minnesota with COVID. (laughs) But we're like, I was not locked down. So away we went. And you'd think Charlie and Kevin had known each other forever. It was just the most bizarre thing. Charlie just totally jumped into Kevin's arms. It's like, well, guess we're taking Charlie home. (laughs) 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 And we did. So Charlie's our little terrier mix and yeah he's fitting in he's fitting in and I'm really glad especially with the lockdown with COVID Mm -hmm. that we had a dog in the house otherwise it would have just been me and Kevin and I love Kevin a lot but I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's neat how the timing worked out that's so great It, it really did that we were able to get him and and COVID didn't get in the way of that because obviously we were supposed to have had him yeah Well, besides quilting, what other crafts do you do or have you done? Oh, the list is long and distinguished. (laughs) (laughs) When I was growing up, I learned embroidery, just cruel embroidery. Used to always buy cruel embroidery kits. I learned that from both my mother and my grandmother. And then when I went off to college in Fargo, they had this amazing store called Nordic Needle. And they had hardanger and cross-stitch. And so I got introduced to cross-stitch and became addicted to it. And so that, I completely shifted over to working with cross-stitch. And at one time in the 90s, my husband and I actually built an online cross-stitch store called Northern Needle. And so we ran that business for a while. And then actually after we moved to Tracy, we had it as a brick-and-mortar store for a little bit, too. 
And then as my eyes got a little, <laughs> a little older, that 32 count and 28 count cross stitch wasn't so easy to work with. I discovered, I call it canvas work. It's not needlepoint, but it's done on an 18 count canvas and it's used, you still have a pattern kind of like you do with cross stitch and you work with a little bit heavier threads, pearl cottons, hand dyed fibers. And I really, really enjoy doing that, you know, framed pieces. And a lot of them actually look like quilt blocks. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also doing machine embroidery work. We have a sewing machine that does machine embroidery. And so we're enjoying, my husband included, (laughs) enjoying doing things with the embroidery machine. So yeah, I have lots of things to occupy my hands (laughs) along with my quilting. Neat. How big's the hoop on your embroidery machine? Oh, Kevin just got a six needle and it is eight by 12, I think, is the biggest hoop. That's nice. Yeah, the bigger hoop, my single needle machine, we could only do, I don't know, six by 10, I think. So this is, gives us a little bit more hoop space with things. Yeah, I'm actually anxious to try that machine to do quilting on a smaller piece, like a table runner, instead of having to put it on my long arm. Oh, that would be interesting. Yes. I've heard people do this and it's like, huh, yeah, not with the bigger hoop. Yeah, I'm anxious to give that a try. It'd just be so much easier than having to put my little table runner on my big long arm, which seems a bit overkill. (laughs) (laughs) Any other hobbies like cooking or exercise or? (laughs) (laughs) Exercise. I think that's a four letter word. (laughs) (laughs) I should be. I do love to bake, but I don't do it much because we don't need it. We don't need the calories. And with only two of us in the house, that'd be a really bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, recently I've started to take up going to the gun range with my husband and doing some target practicing. And so I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed that. And that's something that he and I can do together as well. I love reading. Reading is my other addiction. I think you mentioned two other things that you liked. You said hmm. books. Oh, my wine. Yeah. My wine. <laughs> <laughs> my wine, my books, my needlework, my quilting, my machine okay. embroidery. Okay, that's what mm. it was, the needlework and quilting. Yep. I, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget my wine. <laughs> Tell me about who introduced you to quilting. I guess that'd be my mom's mom, my grandmother, the one that I would go spend Friday nights with. I wish I had a picture or I wish I knew when I made my first quilt. I have it. I still have it. So I'm guessing it was junior high sometime. We made a quilt with blocks of like applique butterflies with a butterfly stitch around them. And can't say it's really pretty, but it was the first quilt. So she introduced me to that. I think she had some sisters that quilted. I didn't really do it much then other than having done it once. Mm-hmm. But then after I got out of college and we lived in Rochester, then I took a class at a local fabric store in Rochester. 
that's when I really got into it and started enjoying it and doing more of it. Then it's just kind of evolved over the years where it's like, oh, I have time. Oh, somebody's having a baby, so they get one. And then there'd be spurts where life was crazy, work was crazy, and I didn't quilt. And now in the last eight years or so, it's kind of really become an addiction. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It does do that. Yes, it does. Could be worse things to be addicted to. Oh, yeah. Describe your favorite quilt or quilt pattern that you have made. I probably have two quilts that I really, really love the most. One I gave to my sister and I love the colors of it, kind of purples and teals. And it had like Bible verses about women and strong women on it. It just totally fit her. And I really loved that one. And then the other one is a baby quilt I gave to my first great niece, aging myself here, (laughs) (laughs) that basically I created it myself. Mm -hmm. I I took a variety of different, you know, designs and patterns, and it's got about three owls sitting on a tree branch, and it's in loading greens, kind of muted purples, greens, that kind of colors. And then I machine embroidered on the bottom of it. I, owl, always love you. How cute. Yeah. So those are my two favorite. Do you have a favorite color palette to work with? Probably autumn colors. I like brights. So it kind of depends on what I'm doing. I like brights. On the other hand, if I'm in a fabric store and I navigate towards fall colors and leaves. I love any fabric that has leaves on it and I love batiks. So those are the things that kind of draw me. (laughs) (laughs) I just love fabric and colors. (laughs) Tell me about your favorite tool. I don't know if I have a favorite tool. Yeah, I thought about this some and going, hmm, hmm. The favorite tool is whatever one is helping me do what I need to do at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It all depends on what I'm working on. Yeah. The other day I was sandwiching a quilt and I was using a tool that helps me with my pins. Oh, yes. It's kind of like a dowel. Yep. I've never heard anybody mention that tool before. And I was like, huh, I wonder. So I was curious, since you didn't say you had a favorite one, do you have that one? No, because I don't pin my quilts. Okay, because you do the long arm. Right. Okay. I thought I'd ask. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a favorite part of the process? I like the piecing and the quilting of it. Once I've got everything picked out and I'm in the middle of a project, I love the process of cutting it and piecing it and getting it all sewn together and then getting it quilted. I often admit once I have the binding on it, I don't mind the handwork. I always hand sew my bindings. Mm -hmm. That is also a very relaxing thing for me that I can go, oh, I have this quilt that needs to have binding sewn on it. So it's really easy to then sit in front of the TV, not have to think and have, for me, a little bit of downtime and just sew on the binding yeah or if it's a small enough quilt and we're taking a drive somewhere like this last weekend I have a twin size quilt I'm trying to get the binding done on 
So we had, oh, I suppose an hour and a half drive each way. So I brought it with me and I sit in the car and can visit with my husband and see the view. But at the same time, I'm getting my binding done. Neat. Yeah, it's handwork. It's relaxing to me. Yeah. How about your worst quilting experience? Huh. Nothing comes to mind. I really can't say that I've had something that was so, oh my gosh, what did I do that it sticks in my mind? Uh (laughs) Whether I had one or not, it wasn't bad enough for me to remember it. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest concern is that I had been at somebody's home She was helping me with some stuff and a friend had come over. She goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I do? My long armor quilted the whole quilt, but the batting got overlapped in the middle of it. Uh And so it was this big like puffy part in the back and she's trying to figure out what to do. Like, oh my gosh. So that's my biggest concern is that I'm trying to be so conscious of making sure my batting is nice and even as it rolls on my long arm so I don't end up with bunches or clumps or whatever in it or something gets caught up in it. Yeah. Yep, that's the biggest thing. You learn from somebody else having made a mistake and you go, oh, that would be bad. (laughs) Let's not do that. (laughs) Why do you make quilts? I guess I've always liked to do creative things that I can make something that it's completed at the end. It's creative no matter what I've done. You know, my needlework, my cross stitch, my sewing. I sewed my own clothes growing up. It's making something. And I think I've always been drawn to fabric and the colors and everything that you can do with it. It's doing something that has an end result that's completed at the end. I think so many times with my job or sometimes with other things is that you're doing something, but, oh, did I actually get something done? Mm -hmm. Whereas with quilting, I can see my progress. I can see I have something done. And then whether it's my needlework that I get framed and I put on the wall or whatever I'm doing, it's something that can be used and enjoyed. Yeah, I'm thinking it's that as much as anything. I like making things. So who do you make them for? Right now, or I should say in the past, mostly family. Originally, they were for myself and one here or there, but then my siblings started having kids, and then a couple of them got baby quilts well then (laughs) they kept having babies and I (laughs) and my job was ramping up so not everybody got a baby quilt (laughs) so there was a big stretch in the middle where uh, yeah you didn't get a baby quilt sorry and then some at the end did and then all of a sudden work changed my life changed and when a couple boys were graduating from high school they got high school graduation quilts So then they got those. So then everybody else that graduated after that got high school graduation quilts. And then as the other kids started getting married, they would get quilts when they got married. And then, of course, as they were, well, now some of them are already having babies. So now they're getting baby quilts. I'm like, okay, okay, 
we got to make these faster because these kids are all starting to get married and have kids at the same time. (laughs) So I've got that all going on, but I'm also now building a business around it. And so I've actually got a quilt right now that I had started, oh, a number of years ago. And now I'm got off the long arm and actually somebody has indicated that they want to buy it. And so that will be my first quilt that I will have actually sold. And so I'm super excited about this next phase of a business side of things for making and selling quilts. Yeah, cool. That doesn't happen to be your mauve and green quilt, is it? (laughs) No, I'm not sure if that's ever going to get out of the box. Well, you know what goes around comes around. Those colors are going to come back in someday. I think they will. I think you're right. So it'll just be the right time where I say, you know, that UFO is driving me nuts. Let's get it out and we'll see about getting it done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's see, about 25 years old now. Yeah, yeah, maybe it should get done. (laughs) Or not. Uh, Well, you just answered my, what are you working on now? So... Yeah, I've got the one off the long arm on Sunday, and it's a behemoth. It's almost a king size, and it's purple and green. Now I need to get down there and get it trimmed and get the binding on so that I can start working on the hand binding portion of it. So yeah, and then I've got another twin size quilt that I'm working on the binding, and then that one will actually get posted for sale. That one is in autumn colors. And then I'm doing some table runners and we're doing some coasters. I got lots of things in the work right now. (laughs) (laughs) Never shortage of things I'm working on at my house. Yeah, there's always something to do. Yes. Can you describe your sewing area for me? (laughs) My husband calls it Wendy's Quilt Factory. I'm pretty blessed. My husband and I weren't blessed with kids. And so the basement's... It pretty much turned into my place. So, yeah, it's a pretty decent size. It's like the basement. (laughs) We have a big basement. (laughs) And so, yeah, so I'm lucky enough to have a pretty big space, and I've pretty much taken over it. This summer we sold the pool table that was down there because it was just getting in the way. So we've got my long arm, my sewing machine, a single needle embroidery machine. I put up two... I call them church tables. They're just the fold up two and a half feet by eight feet tables. I put them, butted them up against each other. So I have a big workspace for my cutting. And then I raise them up on bed risers. So they're at standing height. I don't need to lean over to do cutting. Yeah. And then Kevin has his six needle machine down there now. And then the pool table went away and I have the dining room table that I grew up with that is where I sewed when I was a kid. The dining room table now is in the middle of the space and that's also on risers and it's a really great place. It has cutting mats on it. So like when I take my quilts off the long arm, I have a big open space that is supposed to remain clear for that purpose, but oftentimes gets piled with stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To trim up the quilt before I put the binding on. Cool. Yeah, I'm really blessed with space. I'm sure most quilters maybe don't have the space that I have. So it all can stay up and be there whenever I have a few moments to go down and do something. Nice. Yeah, it is. 
share a tip with me. If you're a new quilter, start with the right tools, the basics. You don't need to go out and think you need all sorts of fancy stuff. You don't need a fancy sewing machine or a fancy iron or anything else. You need a few basic things and start with something simple. Something simple can still be an incredible quilt or a table runner. Something to teach you the basics of ordering seams, matching seams, sewing and putting on piming. That way you get a taste of it and you have a chance of being successful and having something completed. Because if you can complete something that you're happy with, you're much more likely to continue to quilt and advance your skills and want to continue to quilt, which is what I want for people because quilting, it just brings so much joy to my life. I was blessed. I had my mom, my grandmother teaching me these wonderful skills of handwork growing up. And I think it's lost for a lot of people. They don't have that. Yeah. I would love to see more men and women. I mean, there are amazing men out there that pick up quilting. I've had the privilege to interview two men so far. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, my husband, he doesn't quilt per se, but he does the machine embroidery work and he loves that. It's it's an aspect that he enjoys doing in a creative manner. And ask for help. Never be afraid to say, I don't know how to do this. Can somebody help me? Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways out there today, especially online. I think today with the whole COVID situation and not having classes at quilt stores, now's the perfect time to learn to quilt. You don't (laughs) have anywhere else to go. (laughs) You mentioned your business. I believe it's called Life Fulfilled. Yeah, we have a company called Life Fulfilled LLC. We started that a few months ago. I dabbled in some other business aspects, but I finally realized quilting, this type of stuff is what I really love. I love to do. I can do it and not feel like I'm doing a business because it's what I love to do. Kind of my comment earlier about wanting people to learn to quilt and have a way to to learn when they don't have mothers and grandmothers. And so I started a YouTube channel initially to help beginner quilters. The YouTube channel is just called Wendy J. Haney. And right now, mostly quilting stuff, getting people started. But it's going to evolve into a lot of the other stuff that I enjoy as well as far as handwork is concerned. And it's just... Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about where it's going to take me. I have somebody working on my website, wendyjhaney.com, and that will have actually an e-commerce, a shopping part of that website. So it'll be blog stuff about quilting, but it will also be a place where people can go and purchase some of the stuff that I'm making as well. Cool. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I worked on quilting and stuff all weekend. And yet when I got done on Sunday, it was like, oh, this was so great. And now I have to go do my job tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Is what it is. Yeah. At least for now. Can you share with me how you felt when you saw someone subscribe to your YouTube channel for the first time? Oh, it was sweet. It's just like, yes, somebody found me. (laughs) (laughs) And it still feels that way. Even today, 
my husband usually has a tendency to keep track of the stats on my YouTube channel more than I do. And he'll go, ah, you got two more subscribers today. I'm like, yay. Because <laughs> right now it's a big deal. I mean, I guess it's going to be a big deal always, but in building a business and doing YouTube, it's really important to get those subscribers and get people to watch. And so if you're out there, you know, if you want to support somebody, you like their YouTube channel, subscribe, just subscribe. You know, it helps show more of that stuff to other people and then watch the videos and watch them all the way through. So if you want to help me, watch the videos, even put them on the background, just watch them all the way through so they get shown to more people. And so if there's another YouTube channel that you like of things, just think about that, is that they're out there providing that content for you and for you subscribing and watching their video is a huge boost to them, whether it's my channel or somebody else's. Because one day I'm going to throw up a video and it's going to be exactly what you need at the right time. <laughs> and also reach out to me. I have a Facebook page, Wendy Haney. It's facebook.com slash Wendy J Haney. That's the URL. And go out there, drop me a comment. Let me know, hey, you know, I would really love to see a video about this. And I will do my best to go create a YouTube video about it. It's been funny that there's been a couple of times now I've watched something you've done and then I'm in a quilting Facebook group. And someone asked this question. It's like, well, Wendy just answered that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you can just say, hey, go check out Wendy's YouTube video here. Yep. Ooh, yeah, exactly. It works. Yep. It's always easier when somebody else references my link than me trying to tell somebody, hey, I just did that. Go see my video. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Wendy. I so appreciated this. I was just tickled to death that you reached out and asked me. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun, so thank you. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilters Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>